I'm Ann DeLisi. And I'm James Regato. And here we are for season three of Essential Cooking. We're back. We are back with a lot. I haven't lot kicked us off yet. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. It is so great to be back. You know, we take uh, some time away and then live our lives and then come back and start talking about food and chefs and cooking. And there's never, um, there's never nothing to talk about. I mean, I think I'm doing that even in the off time from yeah, the podcast. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you but, are uh, yeah sure. definitely. Um, it's nice to take a break and kind of. Uh, and you know, think about what we want to accomplish on this season, and who we want to talk to, and and what we want to cover. So we definitely are. Uh, I'm feeling very confident and excited about um, the next uh, collection of episodes and guests. You know, since you and I uh, sat down to really do any of these episodes, um, you've traveled a great deal now that the world is basically opened back up, and you have been everywhere. And we're going to talk about these places that you go because you know we could live vicariously through you it's certainly through food but um what is it how do you decide where you're gonna go that's a great question and it kind of changes i think um it changes every trip really sometimes it's somebody i meet you know like my japan experience Mm -hmm. is a very good friend of mine bud cole he's a really dynamic human and he lives in japan he's american um lives in japan for the last oh gosh it's been like 20 years so Bud was somebody that kind of brought me over there. So that's one way. Um, but obviously, you know, I, I have I have cousins in Italy, so I, that's an obvious choice. Right, of course. Um, I'm planning another trip to Italy with, um, you know, with my um, my cousin Mattia to go down to Sicily, which, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know each other too well, but obviously um, we've met a few times and I want to go um, explore Italy with some, you know, with a, and, and, and meet a, a cousin that, um, you know, obviously lives in Europe. And then I was just in Champagne because I'm obsessed with Champagne. And that's something I definitely want to talk about in a future uh, episode. Mm-hmm. My sommelier at the restaurant, Paulina Shemansky, um, she's a really talented sommelier. And her and I both are just completely fascinated and in love with Champagne. So this is my second time going and deep diving there. In France, I've been to a bunch, but Champagne is like, you really got to know what you're doing because you can't just like walk into any old, you know, tasting room. You right. really got to basically know how to, how, you know, how to interact and uh, and how to how to how to learn about it. You get, you physically have to get underground in cellars. Like yep. you, it's it's a very um, you know uh, mystifying kind of place that is fun to demystify. Um, and then you know things like you know sometimes it's like four day trip. So where can you go for four days in mm-hmm. a flyable location? One direct flight. Right. So that sends me to Newfoundland or, you know, uh, the islands or um, Mexico. So sometimes it's it's a matter of four days because I can I can leave the restaurant for four days uh, right. easily. Mm-hmm. Two weeks is a way different story, right? Yep, for sure. So so there's a number of variables. But, um, yeah, my horizons right now is uh, more Japan, more Italy, yep. more Champagne, and do always you, Mexico. Do you ever go to a place and you feel like you've been there before? Do you feel completely at home there or— and we'll take Italy out of it because you probably <laughs> would feel uh, pretty much at home there. Yeah, you know, I think hospitality is a big part of it, right? So some right. places, some countries are just, their relationship with hospitality is so strong. Like for instance, like France is not famous for hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. They don't um, they don't really want to uh, give you the warm and fuzzies. You got to work for it a little bit. Right. And I love France. Mexico is the opposite. Mexico, the hospitality is insane. It's like next, they want you to feel good. <laughs> yeah. So everywhere you go, especially in like Mexico City or Oaxaca, like maybe mm-hmm. the less beachy town. I mean, beach towns right. are great, but usually when you go into like the mountains or you go into like the, you know, you go, you know, into where the real, you know, real culture lies, where the real, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican population lives, 
the hospitality is just next level. So it feels like familial. It feels like a grandma or it feels like, a, you know, an aunt or someone's looking after you in a different way. All right. Well, let's bring it back home um, where your restaurant is <laughs> in Hazel Park, Mabel Gray. How long has it been open now? Is yeah, it- we're coming up on eight years in September, which is which is really wild to think about, especially because COVID still feels like one like a one year stretch. I mean, right. COVID feels like forever mm-hmm. ago. But when we also when we started this, you know, we did so many events. Uh, you were doing a lot of events, and mm-hmm. Mabel quite a few with WDT, and we switched over to the podcast then. And that I feel like Mabel felt like a pretty established restaurant then and that's over three years ago now so yeah we're coming up on on eight years and um yes you know i think my biggest accomplishment with the restaurant is is the staff you know is the retention that i have the amount of um responsibility and and um you know i think skill development that i can put the staff uh the opportunities i can give them right you know, the opportunities that i'm able to give them it's not like uh it's not like you know, I'm so skilled I'm able to, but the business has been able to give them a lot of opportunities, which is the most exciting thing for me. Sometimes I'll have guests come in and be like, oh, I never see you here anymore. And I'm, I'm at Mabel. I mean, if I'm in town, I'm there every single day, but I keep a full staff to where I can do events. I can mm-hmm. do offsites. I can do a lot of in, I do a lot of in-home still. You started doing a lot of that. I, I did, mean, That yeah. wasn't what you were doing initially, but that kind of happened over the last Four years. It's I'd true. Say. Yeah, the first like three years at Mabel, I was just there all you the were time. Like, yeah, um, and I'm there every day. I still write every menu. I still prep. You know, constantly. I do sure. a lot of the butchery, etc. Mm-hmm. But um, I do a lot of in-home events, and it kind of started during COVID. Yeah, that was when I started. I guess it, it ramped up. Mm-hmm. I, I used to do this back in like the mid 2000s when I was um, in between jobs. I would do catering. The recession, honestly, I started doing it during the recession a lot. Uh, okay. Um, and so I do, yeah, I probably do about 40 a year. About, you know, I go That's into- someone, a lot. It is a lot. I go into someone's house, usually for two to 10 people. Um, it's the same as Mabel. It's like chef's choice. You don't get to pick the menu. Sam will write it out. So I show up with a handwritten menu from mm-hmm. Sam and I bring either just me or maybe one other or sometimes a service staff and we just cook for your group. You know, that speaks volumes about- you as a chef and that people trust you to just walk in with whatever and they're going to love it. It's a blessing. I honestly, it's, it's uh, I feel very, very fortunate that I have a following that will just let mm-hmm. me do what I, I want to do. But I also think it's like, it's twofold. I, um, if somebody's too concerned about like every last dish, mm-hmm. then I'm probably not the right person for mm-hmm. them. Cause I cook very, um, you know, very seasonally kind of whimsical, like whatever I feel like cooking. Like sometimes I'll write a menu and then I'll see something and I'll immediately, I'll change it. And even if it's like overnight, I'll be like, oh, I don't like this dish as much as I thought I would, or I don't like this ingredient, or I I got distracted by a new produce item. I want to use that instead. And so I need the flexibility to change menus. Um, So yeah, I feel very fortunate that the the public uh, allows me to do that. So, I mean, honestly, since I've been sitting here, I actually received an email and a text from customers for future in-homes. So it's 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 kind of always in motion, mm-hmm. and I you know I I also during COVID I was consulting for um, kitchen renovations as well, because I'm I'm in so many people's houses. I mean you're talking like there's a few repeats, so let's say 30, 30 to thirty five homes, new homes a year, right? So I'm cooking in thirty five kitchens that is a home kitchen that I've never been in, and is a stranger that I don't know very well. Uh, I'm in their kitchen. You know, that's, it's, it's like almost every other week I'm in someone's, you know, space. So I've learned a lot about, you know, what makes a good home kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have really, I feel like everything's really beautiful and aesthetic, 
but then you start functional. You start cast iron searing yeah. something, and it's like a disaster. <laughs> or you start trying to clean something, yeah. and it's like if everything's marble. Well, marble's kind of soft, and it doesn't let you know spl- yeah. grease splatter or red, you know, red wine mm-hmm. spills. Like, so it's 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 a. Uh, it's funny. I've been in a lot of tiny, tiny kitchens that are super functional. I've been in beautiful kitchens that are that are very expensive and they make me nervous. You know, yeah. so I'm like, I'm just <laughs> gonna so cook funny. in this little corner. But yeah, so Mabel has 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 um, gifted me a lot of opportunities yeah. for myself to go around and cook uh, freely. But then in in me doing that, in me doing so, um, it's created a lot of opportunity for my staff yeah. and Paulina, and then her fiance Adam, who's my sous chef. Um, I've, there's a couple. There's a couple couples. At Mabel, Adam and Kylie, um, Alex and Kylie, my other sous chef, Alex, and his girlfriend, Kylie. Kylie is my assistant manager and also bartender. You know, Max has been with us since day one. It's almost, yeah, it's such almost eight years now. Such a great guy. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have such a, a wonderful crew. Yeah. My pastry chef, Allie. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. we're just, I'm very fortunate. So, yeah. so, yeah. So, you know, the, and we're going to have Paulina in here, like I said, for, uh, you know, talk about champagne yep. this season. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of activity um, going on. In, in, May- in Mabel Gray's circle, but also the greater Detroit area as well. There's been a mm-hmm. lot of great restaurants. We have some awesome events coming up. Yes, I know we we're do. talking to uh, to you know to Ladder Four. We're gonna do another event at Mabel. Gonna do um, a barbecue. Yeah, that's we, gonna yeah. Be we cool. have Sprout House, which oh, yeah. you in the meantime, since <laughs> yeah. starting this podcast, now own a food business. <laughs> I know that's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal and a big surprise. Well, like, why don't you tell me about Sprout House? I'll tell you a little about Sprout House. Um, it will have been in its, uh, it, this coming August, it'll be 40 years in that location. And so the interesting thing about it, well, first of all, I had no business buying this place. And to, to your credit, and you've, you're such a great friend, you know, when I said, hey, you know, Lisa and I are thinking of buying this place and you are so sweet. I'll never forget you texted me the next day and said, what's the address? And you ran over there to check it out. And uh, it really, I mean, I probably haven't even said this to you until now. It was your blessing that really gave us the go-ahead to oh, go so do sweet. this. You know, we said, well, James said we can do this and we can do this. <laughs> so that was a big part of it, honestly. Um, but it's a grocery store and it's a prepared foods, you know, market. And so... We realized after we, you know, got in there that this little gem in the middle of a neighborhood was just a beloved place. And the people have been shopping there for 40 years. You know, they've been eating that Thai peanut soup for 20 years and were concerned that it would even be there anymore. (laughs) And so all the recipes came with the sale. And so people were like so grateful that we didn't upend the place and try to turn it into something else. Although we have made improvements and and we're having fun there, but it's a it's an incredible experience for both of us, and uh, we're really excited to do this fundraiser for WDET. You know, Lisa and I to be able to give back to the station in a different way is going to be pretty exciting. And of course, you and your team are going to be there, um, and it'll be a, a different event. Unlike anything WDET has ever done before. And to that point, you know, we are now melding, now that the world's opened up, we're melding the Essential Cooking events with the Essential Cooking podcast. So this is really new this whole season because of that. And it's going to be exciting for you and I to kind of do these events together because we hadn't in the past and continue doing the broadcast and explore food and people who make it. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I'm yeah. so happy you have Sprout House as yeah, this platform. You. Yeah, me too. And that, yeah, we can evolve the podcast kind of into, I guess, probably what it 
what it was meant to be because it was an event space, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, like in, in, the, in the greater cosmos, it was a space yeah. and then uh, became a podcast out of necessity. Yeah. So now it can be both. Yeah. And we're really excited about it as we head into this third season. So we hope that everyone will join us as we explore the world through James and his travels and explore Detroit and then explore um, the mindset of people who are making food and see what's going on out there. Yeah, and I think that everybody everybody eats, and some people, uh, you know, really uh, take it to the next level with why they eat. I mean, you know, you're going to hear about, um, you know, Mamba from Baobab Fair this season talking about, um, you know, his path, and you're going to talk about, you know, champagne and different chefs and different business owners and why, like, why you cook, what you cook. And, uh, and, 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 you know, to me, I want to offer uh, behind the scenes a little sneak peek at what makes people of food tick uh, in different ways. Because really, we, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all connected through food. But I think that, you know, some people's story really, uh, you know, inspires something in us all that for me as a chef, like, I, I want to know why. It's not just enough, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing or what are you eating? I don't know why are you eating it? Why are you cooking this? Yeah. Well, I think before we wrap it up here, we just want um, to keep people excited about food. And at the very least, maybe you don't cook, but maybe this will make you want to get in the kitchen and make food and maybe demystify it a little bit that you might start to like your own cooking if you don't. And if you love your own cooking, we want you to love doing it even more and try new things. So that's what we're going to do. And uh, we hope that you'll come along for this ride as we embark on season three of Essential Cooking. We would like to thank you for listening. Essential Cooking is produced by me, and Alisi, along with my co-host, Chef James Regato. This episode was also produced, engineered, edited, and mastered by Connor Anderson, with production support from David Lyons, original music by the Mallard Brothers. Essential Cooking is a production of WDET's public radio station. 